Hello and welcome to Foothill Christian American Canyon. We're glad you joined us today and we sincerely hope that you're blessed with today's message. I've titled the message today, Kingdom Realities. Everybody say that with me, Kingdom Realities. realities. Understanding the Kingdom of God, we had a Bible study a couple of weeks ago, those that were there, and I spoke on uh, the Kingdom of God and understanding the Kingdom of God. And really what what took place was uh, uh, about two weeks ago, I went to hear this minister speak on a Tuesday. I actually took the day off from work and was able to go. It was some revelation that was spoken that day. Ever hear something that's just mind-boggling, mind-changing, mind-blowing, where you just stand there and amaze at, at, it may not have been God's word, but it may have been something that just kind of gave you a different perspective on truth, on the same truth that's always been there. That's how I was when I heard the kingdom of God and this message that was declared that morning to other pastors and leaders. And so part of it is what I want to share this morning for the next brief uh, 25, 30 minutes. And here's what I, what I know. The kingdom of God, the Bible says kingdom of God and the kingdom of heaven are two terms that the Bible uses in the New Testament, in the, in the Gospels. They're synonymous. They mean the same. Okay, I just wanted to, to let you know outright at the outset. This is the same. So when you read that, it's talking about the same thing. The Bible also says the kingdom of God is within you in other places. But here's the thing about the kingdom of God, especially here in our country. We're not used to a theocracy. We're, we're, we're not used to a kingdom run by a king or a queen. And, and what I mean by that is uh, it's, it's a cultural difference. And so, for example, if, if you, when you leave today, you're all going to go out on this road. You're going to get in the right-hand lane because that's the culture here. That's natural. How many know what I'm talking about? And if you get in the, in the road and you get on the left lane, you're going to get in a head-on accident is what's going to happen because that's not the culture here. But if you go to, to the United Kingdom where they are under a, 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 uh, a theocracy, basically a monarchy, um, and it's ruled by, by royalty, essentially, that culture over there, you get in the left lane, and that's how you drive. If you get in the right lane over there, you're going to get in a head-on accident. So it's a culture. It's a, it's a viewpoint. Uh, and God's kingdom is very different than what we're raised on here in this country. We're not used to a kingdom of God and the rules and, and the things that God dictates in his word. How many know that the first time you open this word and you begin to explore it, it's so different, so foreign to our way of thinking. Yes. You know what I'm talking about this morning. It's very foreign, and it takes the Spirit of God to speak to you to be able to understand it. it at the same time, it's written so that children can understand this. This isn't something that's hidden from anybody. It's plain, black and white. It really is. But there are some deep truths involved, and you have to pull them out. You have to search them, and they will be rewarding to you when you do that. Amen. How many have seen that to be true? Yes. So the rule of and government of God is throughout heaven and earth, not just in heaven. We always think of the kingdom of heaven and the thing, kingdom of God is that it's a faraway place one day. Now, I, I believe in a heaven. 
I believe that we will go there as believers. I believe the Bible declares that. But I also believe that, and I'll show you through Scripture, that God intends for you and I to have dominion over this earth. What did he tell Adam at the very beginning? You have dominion. That means you have authority and power over all the animals, over all the earth. That's what he told him. And it never changed, even though Adam disobeyed God in the very beginning. He disobeyed him. And when you disobey, there's, there's authority and then there's consequences, right? And that's what happened with Adam. And, but that, that principle never changed. You and I, as, as men, as, as women, as people, as human beings on this earth, have dominion over the things of this world. Did you know that as believers, you have dominion, you have the power and authority that has been given to you. But here's the sad truth. We don't exercise it. We don't exercise it because at times we don't recognize it. We don't recognize the truth of God's word or what's available there. Do you know what? Are you tracking with me this morning? I hope I'm not losing you here. So um, I just wanted to lay that out as a foundation. I want to continue to speak on this in the next few weeks. But today, what I want to talk to you about is kingdom realities. And if you'll just stand with me one more time as we read our sermon text, and just in honor of the word, we like to stand here as we read the sermon text. And it's found on your outline. This is out of the New King James Version. And it says the following in Ephesians chapter 1, verses 15 through 19. Therefore, I also... After I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints, do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling, what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe according to the working of his mighty power? Let's bow our heads and pray. Father, we, again, we thank you for this time. I pray, Lord, your blessings upon the remainder of this time. I pray your anointing that you would give us ears to hear, that you would give me the words to declare the truth of your gospel. And we pray that in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. You may be seated this morning. Again, when we're uh, born again, we're translated, we, we become uh, part of the kingdom of God. How many are thankful for that? That song, Amazing Grace, reminds us of that. The, the, great power, the great words of that song are that we were once lost, but now we're found. Now we're, our eyes are opened to this gospel truth. Amen. And as such, we become aware now of the kingdom of God and the realities, the things that were now uh, available to us. Much like last week, I think I mentioned, or the week before, that uh, as part of an, uh, my employee package, I'm a, I'm a, uh, there's financial benefits. There's health benefits that are available to me. Now, I can refuse to take advantage of those things, but um, how many know that most of us take advantage of those health benefits, especially nowadays, right? We, we do, and in the same way, there are benefits to us that the Lord gives us that are only found in his word, and therefore your benefit for your life, to give you peace, to give you strength, to give you wisdom, to give you direction. Amen? So in this message today, I want to I talk to you about the kingdom and its effect upon our lives 
and specifically how our life and character values are changed because of our viewpoint on the kingdom of God. For example, I no longer think the same way I used to when, before I came and became a, a born-again believer. My, my value system is different. My value system is very different. Uh, I, I don't think the same way. I don't um, rationalize the same way. My viewpoints are much different. And I hope that you can look at yourself and say, there was a time where I began my life as a, as a believer. Uh, I became, I started going to church. I, I confessed my life to Jesus Christ. I said, Lord, forgive me of all my sins. I pray that from this day forward that you begin a new work in me. And that you can look back at a point in your life and say, yeah, that's when, that's when things changed for me. That's when things started to flip. And uh, I think most of you would, would be able to pinpoint a time, a place. Amen? And uh, that's when the kingdom of God becomes a reality. Now, you can choose to, to deny it and choose not to be aware or, or follow the, the principles of the kingdom of God. But you're just losing out on benefits. It doesn't mean that you're not saved or going to heaven or that you're not a child of God. Okay, it just means that you're not taking advantage of benefits given to you. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Paul here was was praying and he was wanting Paul who wrote this, this book of Ephesians to the uh, Ephesians there. And um, he was he was wanting them to understand um, and change their perspective when it came to the kingdom of God. Because they had the wrong perspective. So that's why he had to come and share this with them. Let me, let me read this to you. The kingdom of God is God's rule and authority over any domain, sphere, or influence. The kingdom of God is God's rule and authority over any domain, sphere, or influence. And what they weren't recognizing, those people, and we can get caught up in this, is not recognize that this, this world isn't governed or we're not controlled by the United States or President Trump or who's ever in office. That's not really who's, who's controlling. How many know that that's not who's controlling the things in this world, right? It's not the United Nations. It's not Russia. It's not, Q, it's not any of these countries. It's Almighty God. Amen. Almighty God is in control of this world of you and I, of this country. That's why we pray for our country. Yeah. Our country is very divided racially, politically. We need to become united. Amen? Amen. And, and that's why I want to encourage you to continue to pray for our country. But the, the, at this present time, we are, we are so divided, and we need to understand that God is in control. God is in control. Luke chapter 17, and I'm going to read quite a few scriptures uh, this morning. Um, I may not get to read all of them, but I want to just build on the kingdom realities and share with you what, what God is, is showing us through his word. In the book of Luke, chapter 17, this is what Luke, Dr. Luke wrote, verse 20 through 21. Now, when he was asked by the Pharisees when the kingdom of God would come, he answered them and said, the kingdom of God does not come with observation, nor will they say, see here, see there. For indeed, the kingdom of God is within you. The kingdom of God is within you. It's within each of us here today. God is in you. See, God must rule in your life for the kingdom of God to be manifest. Amen? God must first of all rule in your life. 
If, if God is only that place on a Sunday morning, or maybe you're a CEO, you know those Christians? The Christmas and Easter only folk? Okay, God isn't in control, all right? That's what we church people call those Christians, the Chris, CEOs. We, we all know some CEOs, right? I was a CEO for many years, okay, proud of it. But I didn't understand the kingdom of God and how it operated. And first of all, God must rule in your life for the kingdom of God to have its full effect. Amen. All right. Yes. Here's the next point. Both Jesus and John came preaching. John the Baptist came preaching. The kingdom of God is at hand. It's here now. It's of course, we believe in a future heaven. We as believers will all rejoice in, in heaven. The Bible says that there's a place for those that believed and those that don't believe. And I don't know about you, but I prefer the place that, of belief, of faith, of heaven. Amen? That's where I want to be. That's where I want to go. Matthew chapter 3 says this, starting in verse 1. In those days, John the Baptist came preaching in the wilderness of Judea and saying, Repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. He was the forerunner to Jesus. He prepared the way. He led the way. Jesus came saying the same thing. In fact, right here in Mark chapter 1, verses 14 and 15. Now after John was put in prison, Jesus came to Galilee preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God and saying, The time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. Repent. So it starts with repentance, number one. What is repentance? It's doing what I did many years ago. It's walking this way. Repentance is doing a 180. And now you begin to walk this way. How many have seen that in their life where you've repented? And the Bible says that when you repent, now you become open. God is be able to work with you. Able to work with you. And, and then belief takes place. It's faith that gets us to that point, right? That's why so many intellectuals have a tough time comprehending the Word of God. They want to try to reason it. They want to try to figure it out. But have, have you come to the point now and realize that you can't figure this out with your intellectual ability? This comes by faith. It comes through the Spirit of God. Yeah. See, when, when we're here worshiping this morning, that's really designed for the Spirit of God to touch your spirit, Amen. to soften your spirit up, to be able to receive the Word of God. Yeah. That's what it's all designed for. It's not, it's not, this isn't an American Idol uh, uh, audition. This is meant for you to be able to receive, for the, the Spirit of God to soften your heart. And when it does, you can now receive by faith the Word of God. Amen? So John announces the kingdom. Jesus blesses it. John's ministry prepares the way, and Jesus follows behind him. Colossians chapter 1 verse 13 For he has rescued us from the one who rules in the kingdom of darkness and he has brought us into the kingdom of his dear son and this is out of the new living translation See this is a different kingdom a different kingdom our values are different You know right now it never ceases to amaze me in this world every year how much bigger Halloween becomes has anybody noticed that over the years, or is it just us people with gray hair, right? How, how much more Halloween, the focus on Halloween is? How many more ghosts? How many more goblins? How many more of Satan's kingdom is represented out there, right? Now, 
I, I don't have a problem with any of, of, of us decorating our homes with harvest theme and pumpkins and all that. That's fun. That's innocent. But when you, when you start to go with, with what our culture teaches of ghosts and goblins, it's becoming really, really bad. I, I mean, you go into any store, Home Depot, Lowe's, a month ago, it's loaded with all these things that you can use to decorate your home. How many know and see what's going on, right? And it's not by accident because this, this world isn't the kingdom of God. You and I are the kingdom of God. You and I are because of the God that lives through us. Amen? And so, again, um, much emphasis is put on it. Prior to salvation, we were all under the power of sin. And as I mentioned, when I repented, I was walking this way. When, when sin is, is, has taken a hold of you, you have, you have no desire to listen to this. Remember, I, I've told you when I was 19 years old, 20 years old, working a night job, and it was me and this other Christian, and he would witness to me, Larry Hamilton, I'll never forget him. He would open up his Bible on our break times, and it was a night shift position, and he would open the Bible and say, Rick, what do you think of this? And finally, I would just get to the point, and I'd tell him, Larry, Blankety blank blank blank. I don't want to hear your nonsense because I wasn't ready to hear that. I was in no place to hear that. But little did I know that he planted a seed in here. He planted a seed that years later, I never forgot any of the stuff he told me. And I know that you can think about times in your life people have spoken into your life and that it still resonates in your mind at times. And I'll never forget that because years later, God spoke to me and said, remember what Larry used to tell you? Remember when you used to tell him to go take a hike and, and he was trying to, to make a difference in your life? And, and, and I was a knucklehead. I didn't want to pay attention to him. I wasn't ready for it. But at the same time, once we repent, we're now born into this kingdom. Our reality is now much different, much different. I want to jump to point number three here. People are shaped by the culture they are born into. And again, I mentioned about driving. Driving here versus driving in the United Kingdom. That's a culture difference. Right now, everybody in this culture, you know what they're talking about? It's the uh, lotto culture right now, right? It's the lot. Don't lie. Come on now. I know. Don't look at those faces right now. It's, it was a billion dollars, right? Yesterday and now it's a billion and a half. Is that right? Is that what I heard? Now, I didn't go out and buy lotto tickets. I, I don't gamble or any of that. But um, again, everybody's so consumed with that. That's all my coworkers were talking about. That's all anybody's talking about right now is the lotto. And uh, that's our culture. Now, is that God's kingdom culture? No, and I'm not trying to throw, heap anything on you. All, all I'm saying is this, is that God's kingdom is much different than based on a lot of... God owns all the cattle on, on 10,000 hills, and, uh, and uh, he owns everything that you have today. A billion dollars is nothing to him. And if, if he wants to bless you with something, he will bless you with something. Amen. You don't have to go into slavery and, and be spending all your money on some hope. Amen? And so, again, our culture is very different than the kingdom of God. The world, this world here, the Bible says that Satan is the prince of this world. To those that are not believers, he has dominion over them. How many are aware of that? 
He, the Bible describes him as the prince of darkness. And that's why there's so much, so much evil. Every now and then you read something in the news, something online that just amazes you. It's just sin, the depravity of man. You think that you've seen it all. You've heard it all. Now, there's always something else that just boggles your mind like, unbelievable. How in the world? You know what I'm talking about. It just... It goes beyond our minds, what we can fathom or think. And that's because of the prince of this air, Satan himself. And as believers, you and I, we don't need to worry about that guy because greater is he that is in us than he that is in this world, is what the Bible says. But the world is his domain. See, Satan has a kingdom as well. And it comes out during Halloween, and so do all those other movies. Halloween, Jace, Friday the 13th, all these other uh, movies, that's all part of his kingdom. Now, we have been translated, we have been born again into the kingdom of the Son. It's a new perspective, a new reality, a new culture. The old is gone, the new has come. Amen? We should be asking ourselves this morning what kind of things have shaped my life and character in the kingdom? Am I being shaped? Is my mind, is my, are my values being shaped by the word of God now as, as a believer? Or do I still, am I still in the same place I was before? Then, then I, would, I would really question, hey, are you really plugged in there with the, with the kingdom of God? See, God wants to be number one in your life. How many know that? In my family, I've shared this with you. It's, it's God, then my wife, then my children. Hear that, children? <laughs> It's God, then my wife, then my children. If I put my children or my spouse above God, I've got it all wrong. And I will have issues in my relationships. But when I follow the biblical order, my life is truly blessed. And yours is too. Amen? So again, we're shaped by the culture we're born into. And and how many know that's the truth? We're shaped by it. What do we identify with the most? Is it our job? Is it our position? Is it um, where we live? The kind of car we drive? Are we identifying with that the most? Or are we identifying with the things of God? Kingdom realities. What does your life revolve around? You know, there was an old expression years ago that I remember hearing, show me your checkbook and I'll, I'll tell you what kind of person you are, right? And you can take a look at your checkbook and you can quickly spot what your likes are, what your life revolves around. What is the center of your life or what is your life centered on? Is it truly the kingdom of God? It's important to understand that kingdom culture should always come first in the life of a believer. It should always come first. Point number four, and I'm not going to get through all these, I do not believe. A kingdom, center person is rooted in Christ and his kingdom. Matthew 6 and verse 33, one of my favorite scriptures in the entire Bible says this, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things, everybody say all. All. The New Testament was written in Greek. You know what all means in Greek? All. All, exactly. It means all these things shall be added to you. It means all these other things. It means that when your focus is right, when you've got the kingdom of God in the right order, God first, seek first the kingdom of God and all these things. What are you praying for? 
What are you praying for today? Uh, Pastor Ray, I need peace in my family. You don't know what's going on with my marriage. It, it, it's, it's crazy. And my kids, I mean, I'm having a strained relationship with my kids. My dog won't even come up to me. I mean, I've got bills that are due. God knows all. Give it to God. Amen. Give it to God. Put God first. And he says in his own word, it's a promise to you and I. Seek first the kingdom of God and all these things will be added unto you, given to you. What? The, the, the marriage issues will be taken care of. The, the, the relationship issues with your, with your spouse, with your children, the financial blessings. Now, is it just going to happen just like, like magic? No, it's going to take work on your part. It's going to take you to step up by faith and maybe, maybe it might take a, a second job, but he'll provide that way. He'll open a door. And I've seen that happen in my life. I've seen that happen in your lives. Amen? You're not alone in this. Number, f- number four, the kingdom-centered person is rooted in Christ and his kingdom. And again, we seek first that kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things will be added unto us. And before I go on to the next point, let's get this straight here. You hear this in some churches and... Uh, I, I pray for forgiveness from God for this, but it's not about finances. You know, that's one of the reasons why I don't pass a bucket around here. I don't want anybody to ever come in and think, oh, it's all about money. This church is all about money. And I put it on the table. And we've done that since day one. Amen. Then that's since day one. And I pray that those that give, give faithfully and cheerfully as the prayer was uttered this morning. See, God doesn't need our money. He doesn't need a penny of your money. But what he wants is your heart, your cheerful heart. How much are you willing to give of your time, your talents, your treasures for the kingdom of God? That's what he truly wants. Because when we put God first, we give of that freely and lovingly. And then God rewards you freely, lovingly. Amen? So again, moving on to point number five. There is no end to the kingdom's increase in our lives. Isaiah 9, 6 and 7 talks about the increase of his government and peace. There will be no end of it, of of the government of Jesus Christ. There will be no end to his kingdom. As the revelation of God's kingdom continues to increase in your life, the motivation to be transformed into his image will never end. As, As you continue to pursue him, to have him transform your life, the motivation will never end. What happens with people that, that stop going to church or maybe they, they lose that spark of seeing the point in it is, is they fail to, to look upward. They, they, they look down here horizontally instead of vertically and saying, Lord, you're the solution to my problems. It's not the lotto. It's not my wife. It's not even my children. You're the solution to my issues. Amen. And, and that's what the Lord wants us to come to, to realize that in his kingdom, we can come to him. One of the things I've taught you over the years is we are children of the king. We're children of the king. I love saying that. That's why I love playing that video every four or five months. We'll play that video because it's a it's a promise It's all biblical. Every single one of those uh, terms or scriptures. You are children of the king. Say that. I'm a child of the king. I'm a child of the king. When you say that, you're speaking a truth, number one. Two, you're declaring to the enemy, you can't push me around. You can't beat me up. 
I'm spiritually a child of the king. I belong to him. Amen? And, and there's power when you say that. The next time you are getting beat up in here, in here, in your spirit, and, and you, f- you start feeling down or depressed about anything, you remind the enemy, Satan, that you are a child of the king. You tell him, I'm a child of the king. And his promises are for me today and forevermore. That makes sense? God wants to remind you, you are his children. Male, female, children. When we put him first, we got to seek him first. Seek him first. You know, I can only compare that to, you know, a lot of you here. We we played sports when we were younger. You know, how many played sports when you were younger, right? Come on now. I I see some of you ex-track athletes in here and basketball, baseball, football. And what, what, it, what does it take to become good? you got to put that first. got to put that first in your life. If you want to be anything, if you want to be good at what you do, how many like to play golf? Raise your hand if you like to play golf. You're not going to get good at golf playing once every year. I'll tell you that right now. It's just going to be ball hunting, okay? Um, but when you play golf, you got to do that regularly. I was talking to uh, Brother Dan, you know, and he likes to play golf. His golf game has improved because he plays much more now that he's retired or semi-retired, I should say. His golf game has improved. Why? He's dedicating more time to it. And that's what it takes was when you put the emphasis on anything, you're going to become much better at it. The Lord wants you and I to put our emphasis on the kingdom of God. Amen? He wants you to be able to receive the blessings of a better golf game in your life. And that only happens when we put him number one. Yes. What, what we need is a new perspective, a kingdom perspective that is ever increasing, that is constantly aware. You know, I, I pray this often. I should pray it every day, but I, I pray, Lord, give me eyes to see like you see. Give me eyes to see the needs around me. Have you ever prayed that prayer? And it's amazing when you pray that prayer, how God will open a need to you. Um, maybe it's there in line at the Costco gas station and maybe you pay for somebody. I mean, pay 70 bucks for gas? Are you kidding me? Maybe God laid that on your heart. Maybe it's instead of rejecting that homeless person with that sign that you see at Target all the time here in Vallejo where I live and, and you just drive past them every single time. Maybe it's bringing him or her a meal, a hot, warm meal. Right, Brother Gregory? I know his passion for the homeless. Maybe it's, just pray that prayer. Say, Lord, give me eyes to see like you would see. Give me eyes to see the needs around me. Because what it does, it takes the focus off of us and puts them on others. And that's really the kingdom of God right there. That's what the kingdom of God wants you to be doing, is taking your eyes off of yourself and putting them on others. There's so many needs around us. So many needs. The kingdom of God, point number six, has the power to transform our lives. I don't know about you, but I'm not the same person I was when I first got saved. I'm not the first same person I was. And I know some of you have grown. I've seen your, your spiritual walk. You've changed. And just like your children, are, if, if you have children, hopefully when they're 20 years old, they're not the same as they were when they were 10 years old. Hopefully they've matured. Hopefully they've grown in stature. 
That's what we all want as parents. God is no different. Your heavenly father is desiring that each of you mature, that you, that you grow into what he has planned for you. Do you know that when he looks at his refrigerator in heaven and he sees your picture on there, you know, he's seeing the potential you have. He sees the, he doesn't see you as you are right now. God almighty sees you with the potential you have. That's a big difference. Big difference. He sees the person you, you can become. Because he has faith in you, amen? He has faith in each of us. The kingdom of God has the power to transform our lives. Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 19 says this, And what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us, who believe according to the working of his mighty power? 1 Corinthians 4 and verse 20, For the kingdom of God is not in word, but in power, in power. Amen? Amen. Now, we don't have to settle with the person we have become just because now, okay, God, I get it. My values are supposed to be different now. I get it, so I'm good now. It doesn't work that way. He wants, that's first base. He wants you to get around the bases. He wants you to grow and mature into the full potential that he's given you. We, we have the, the power because we have the kingdom of God living inside of us. We have almighty God living inside of us as believers. How many know that? The kingdom of God lives in you. As we grow and change, it also has its effects around the people we know. How many know that if you start going to church, people are going to notice right away. They're going to go, oh, look at this. You know, they, they might be judgmental at first. They might, well, look at Rick. He thinks he's better than everybody. Or they might have some snide comment. And, and they may not just have a true understanding of what's trans, uh, uh, or what's, what's happening in your life. And uh, how many know, though, that God is truly working on each of us? I, I got saved many years ago in my, in my late 20s, right? And... Um, you know, I wasn't perfect at first, but it took me a while to figure this out, to realize that I got to seek God first, seek his kingdom, walk with him. And as I began to do that more and more, I began to see more blessings come into my life. Uh, I, I prayed, you know, I, I've told you this, I, I, I was divorced at that time. I prayed for a, a wife that, would, uh, that, that was a born-again believer. And you heard my wife up here. She was in church since she was a teenager, right? I met her in a church in Napa. I met her in a church, not in a nightclub. Can you believe that? And, and guess what? I prayed for her, someone that would love to sing to the Lord, someone that would just uh, love children. I had two kids. She loved my two kids as her own. We have two daughters now of our own. We've been married for 24 years now. God has truly blessed us beyond what I can even imagine. And he's blessed us with two wonderful, wonderful daughters that love God. We've taught them and raised them in that. Am I thankful for that? Oh yeah. Am I thankful they didn't have to do the things I did, the stupid, foolish things that I had to go through and because of my choices? Yes. I, I just look back sometimes. I, I start crying sometimes when I look at my daughters and I say, man, at that age, I was not even there. I was on a different plane. I was on a different level of thinking of uh, of corruptness, of, of sin, and, and so forth. And many of you can, can relate to that yes. because now God's doing something in your spirit because the kingdom of God lives inside of you. Amen. He lives inside of you. He will not let you go. Amen. You can run from Him. 
He, he will not hold you captive. Almighty God, our Heavenly Father, is a true gentleman. He wants you to come to Him of your choice. He will never force you to do anything against your will. How many know that? Amen? Kingdom people, number seven, kingdom people are more destiny-minded. We're more destiny-minded. We're, we're, we're more destiny-minded than those that are not kingdom people. Meaning that we realize that everything that we're involved in, everything that we do, that we say, has an impact upon the kingdom of God. So things that we do, for example, we use social media nowadays so much. Um, and all of you that use social media, you know people that just blast their business. I mean, that things that you don't want to hear, things that you don't want to read, that are posted on, on Twitter, on Facebook, on uh, you name it. And uh, what kind of a representation is that to the kingdom of God? You know, I'm not saying that our lives need to look perfect on social media, because it's also used in that, in that vein as well. Too many people use it to appear perfect, and life isn't perfect. My life is certainly not perfect, neither is yours, right? Because we're all human beings, I know that. But what we do need to do and make sure we're doing is making sure what, what we say, what we do is making an impact on the kingdom of God. So going back to that social media post, is that going to make an impact on somebody that may read that? I think I have somebody here this morning that has seen some of those Facebook posts and said, that's why I'm here today. So are you saying things that are making an impact for the kingdom of God? That's what our life should be used for. Amen? Amen. Kingdom people are more destiny-minded. Destiny. What is our destiny? It's about the kingdom of God. It's, this world will, will soon go away. This body will soon get old and, and go back to the, the dust that it came from. But what are we doing in the meantime? What are we doing here and now? 24-7, 365, what are we doing now? How are we making an impact on our lives, on our children's lives, on those around us? Amen? Think about that. When you leave here today, I want you to think about that. And then I'm going to close here. And as I get ready to close, if I can have Bianca come up. The kingdom-minded person is concerned about the kingdom and its influence upon this earth. That's why we pray. That's why we ask you to pray for our nation. Pray for our leaders. Pray that God would, would bring healing to our land. Again, we're so divided. Pray for healing. There's no spiritual growth in the person who's not kingdom-minded. There's no spiritual growth in the person that's not kingdom-minded. Lord, my prayer this morning is that we would all be kingdom-minded. Yes. Help us today as we leave here today to become kingdom-minded. Amen? And I'm going to close with that this morning. Um, there's so much more that I want to share with you on the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven. But uh, we don't have the time here today to do that. Um, if you'll bow, with, bow your heads this morning, why don't you stand with me as we close. We're going to close in, in song and prayer this morning. But I want to pray this morning. Heavenly Father, Lord, we love you. We need you, Father, every day of our lives. And it's so apparent nowadays with all that's going on around us, all the, all the strife in this world, in this country, in our government, you know, the socioeconomic issues of our, of our world, of our culture. Lord, there's so much hate. There's so much division. 
Lord, if there was ever a time we needed you, it's now. And we pray, God, that we would take our eyes off of those things that we think are important, put them on you, and through you that we might re- receive that healing, Lord. Yes, we want to bring restoration and healing to our land, to our culture. But Lord, it starts with you by putting our eyes on you. Unfortunately, we've taken our eyes off of you and they're just on us, on our issues, on our troubles. And Father, that never gets us anywhere. It starts with you refocusing, realizing that your kingdom and the realities of it are much different than this culture that I was raised in, than this culture of this land that I live in. So Father, this morning, I want to pray for those this morning, maybe those that have never had the opportunity to make the Lord Lord of their life. And it's real simple. It's just a simple prayer. Even right where you're standing, you can pray this prayer. I'm going to lead you in this prayer. And if you've never prayed a prayer of forgiveness to Jesus Christ, He promises in His Word that He will forgive you right where you're standing and that He can come and fill you with His Spirit, that He would guide you, that He would direct you, that He would give you wisdom and understanding. Is there anybody here with your eyes closed and your head bowed? Is there anybody here that would like to pray that prayer with me this morning? Just right from where you're standing. Maybe someone here that wants to renew that prayer in their life. Renew that commitment to Jesus. If that's you, just raise your hand this morning. We're going to say a prayer right now. So with your head bowed and your eyes closed, let's go ahead and say this prayer. So just repeat these words, but mean them with your heart. Mean them with your spirit. Heavenly Father, I come before you this morning. Lord, I confess my need for you. I ask you to forgive me of my sins. Of all my wrongdoings. I have not been perfect, Lord. Far from it. But Lord, I receive you now. I thank you for sending your son to die for me on the cross. I thank you for that gift, Lord. That gives me eternal life. Right now, today, I can know that with assurance. According to your word. And so, Lord, I thank you. Now I pray, Lord, come into my life. Direct my paths from this day forward. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Look at me this morning. If you said that prayer, if you committed your life again to the Lord, God is doing something in your heart. He wants to remind you that His kingdom is number one. Amen. And and we often, we have to to take a time out and say that prayer in our lives every now and then. Pastor Rick sometimes has to get on his knee and say, Lord, forgive me. Give me direction. Give me guidance. Uh, I try to do that every day. You know, but, but sometimes you need to just take a time out and say, Lord, am I back? Am I on that right track? Am I going in the direction you want me to go? So, Lord, we thank you this morning. We praise you right now as the worship team is going to close out. I pray, Father, that you give a blessing to each of these here today. I pray, Father, that they would always put the kingdom of God first in their life. And so, Lord, we love you. We thank you. 
bless the rest of this Sunday. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen.